Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also.
Children of God that love unity. Children of God that would not be rebellious. That we might move on towards first century Christianity. And God has been merciful in that. Had God not been merciful in that, we long ago would have destroyed our own self. And I pray you won't take that light tonight. If you are at this point, may God be merciful to you. We would have destroyed our own self. Real, uh, real truth will destroy the people of God that are rebellious. It'll destroy the church. They'll rebel. And so uh, you have to have people that have said love with God to stand up under his truth. Uh, you have to have that sort of people. Um, as we try to unshackle ourselves from tradition and just just try to unshuck the truth of God and say, now folks, right here it is, you can take it or leave it. You can leave it and be destroyed or take it and be saved to the great blessings of God. Right here is what it says. Um, there's been enough people in here that took heed to that that God has blessed us to hold together. So tonight I read the verse with thanksgiving. Uh, if you can't be thankful for having what we have right now, then God probably will blow us up with his mighty power ere too long. So I'm giving, I'm giving God great thanksgiving for all that he's done uh, with this assembly. I want to I want to talk to you now for a few minutes about uh, about the kind of God that we're to pray to. It says continue on and on. Uh, I would say tonight if we don't pray anymore for this church and in Texas that Brother Mike prayed about. And if we don't pray for those brothers and sisters out there anymore, the prayer tonight was a great mock. Let's sin before God. This says continue. You know, if they're on our heart, we'll continue to pray for them. Sometime a man will say, well, I prayed so-and-so well to you, uh, but I quit praying. Well, God hates that. We all may be guilty, but that don't keep God from hating it. My verse says, continue in prayer. So if, if I never think of that church anymore, and I never mention to God about those brothers out there, there's no way on earth for me to make myself believe that I actually have an understanding. I want you to hear me say that. Now let's turn to Numbers, Numbers on chapter 11. We're going to talk a little bit about this God. Um, just what kind a, well, you know, you could talk about God from now on, but um, we need to get before us. Is he worth speaking to? I can say he is because I know that he's answered prayers for this church. But I want to read this verse here. Brother Mike made, uh, made the remark that truth sometimes excites people. But what God is going to say to Moses here really did excite him. He just didn't know how to take it. He couldn't imagine that it could be done. The children of Israel have got off out away from Egypt and started bellyaching, grumbling, and it aggravated God. That's kind of a worldly way, maybe a man-made way of saying it. And they weren't satisfied with what God was doing. And so they lamented about they wanted some meat to eat. And God said, I'm going to give them some meat. I'm not going to give them meat for a week or two weeks. I'm going to give them meat to eat for a month. 
and Moses was off out there in the desert where there wasn't any meat. And so that excited him. And he said, well, are we going to kill all the cattle that we use for offering? Just kill them all and then we'll have nothing to offer up when we get on in to the promised land? Or will we call uh, the fish up out of the ocean? Is that the way we'll do it? And disturb him. God disturbs every human being that really gets down there with him. If you've never been disturbed by God, you've never had much communion with him. Well, here's, here's the way God answered that. It's in verse 23. I want you to hear this about God. This is a God that I'm to continue in prayer with. And it said in verse 23, And the Lord said unto Moses, is the Lord's hand wax short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. He said, I'll do exactly what I've said, and if you'll stick around, I'll prove it to you. That's what he told Moses. And so Moses stuck around, and, and God blew quail in there, about a foot or two from the ground where they can just reach out and get them and each family ever who it was gathered in several tubs full of it. They eat and they eat that God said I'm going to give them enough from to eat till it runs out their ears. Um, but right after they eat it uh, God brought great judgment upon them for their belly aching. But we're not dwelling on that part of it. We're dwelling on the part that uh, you just stick around, Moses. I don't have to kill your cattle. I don't have to bother. I don't have to bother uh, the fish. Uh, I just blow some quail in here, and you just see how if I cannot answer that well. Now that's the God that I'm to pray on to, believing that He is able to fulfill ever promise that he's ever given to a jot and to a tittle. But, but, some of those promises only come if I knock on his door. And we're going to talk about, we, we, we talk about prayer tonight, continuing to say something to God. This kind of a God, well, I want to read one of my pet verses in, uh, in Isaiah 14, 24, uh, about, about this God, and it's the same principle that I've just read. Whatever I say, it's a settled fact that I'm doing. So that should give us great encouragement to go on and talk to God. That's the point I'm making right now. Uh, this is about that God is going to bring uh, some punishment upon Israel um, by an enemy. We won't discuss that, but here's what he ends up saying in verse 24. He said, <clears throat> The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Now, folks, listen. To me. Now, we have—I have no idea right now just how much unbelief is in me about that. I'd like to say not any, but I'd be afraid to. I don't know how much is in you, but this Bible said God speaking for Himself that He says, "Whatever I say will never change." That's what God said. And this is the kind of God that I'm reading to you about that we're to continue in prayer to him. I beg to stop, stop questioning God why we ought to do it. <coughs> so I'm telling you these, verse, these, these, these two verses, God talked about his hand that was able to do these mighty things. Well, we could say tonight, that God's hand governs the world. God's hand moves the world. 
God's hand does his will in the armies of heaven and in the inhabitants of the earth. When we talk about God's hand or God's arm, we're talking about God's power. And so our responsibility is, listen to this, we're to pray to move the hand that moves the world. Y'all hearing that? Your job and my job is to pray to the hand that moves the world. He can move it, and he will do everything exactly like he has said. Now, the scoffer says, well, if that's the way it's going to be, well, I'd say anything. Well, the answer to that is because God said do it. How do y'all feel about now what I've read so far? Can you can you relate to that? that or, or, you know, I pray that that what I said wouldn't just be dead orthodoxy. Everybody say, well, that's what God said, so what? I want to know if this church is experiencing that. Is it, is it making you think about God and, and, and keep praying to God about the same thing until God answers? He says, continue in prayer. Brother Robert come over to my house last night to pray, and he was tired and wow from his trip and then entering on into a day's work. But here's what Brother Robert said. Now he said exactly what this Bible is saying. He said last night that he he hoped that we wouldn't get all fired up about praying and then just slack off and stop. That bothers him. He, he figures that's what we're going to do. That is what we do most of the time. And when we do that, we stand against God, because God said right here, you keep on knocking, because if you pray in the bounds of my will, I'll answer exactly what you're asking for. So I, if I'm going to join a brother Robert, I, I pray that we won't bloom out and and put up a big lot of hot air, and then because God didn't burn the building down, immediately we just kind of drift off in an old, shallow, indifferent prayer life. The Bible says, keep, continue, uh, continue in prayer. Now, I want to, I want to make two or three, just a few more remarks about that. And then I'm going to tell you something that I'm going to set before you to pray for. Before I go any further, I want to make about five remarks about, about this unity, this being in one accord. Uh, you know, if, if I can know that if this church is in one accord, praying within the bounds of God's will, I know that God is going to answer it. He's going to answer it just exactly like he said he would answer it. It's as certain as God. It's as certain as the decrees of God. But it's a blessing. You know, I've, one of them said several times that I've, that I've talked about, prayed about things, that I didn't get the response that I wanted. Most of you never let me know whether you're as far again. I have to say that you just drifted out the door and never it opened your mouth to me. So I wonder if that way to be tonight. After I talk to you about a special thing that my heart yearned for, grieved for, and looks forward to God's answer. And he'll give it if we pray to him with one accord. So in the early church, one accord was an, an outstanding principle that they live by one accord simply means unanimously, unanimous. They voted all for the same thing. Their, their hearts were set on the same thing, the way that it was. It, uh, they were in like manner or like-minded about what God had said. Now, that's what it's all about. They were unanimous, like-minded 
about what God had said. They was together on the same. And so, I'm just going to read one statement out of the verses to set this forth. In Acts 1.14 it says, this is a church, uh, they're up in an upper room where God told them to go and stay until the Holy Spirit come. Go, go into Jerusalem and stay up in this certain place. And here's what it says about them at this point. Uh, it says, and these all continued with one accord. I'd like to impress your mind with that. These all continued with one accord in prayer, in prayer and supplication. Acts 1.14. In Acts 2.1, uh, they're still there and the Holy Spirit comes, but it says, in Acts 2.1, they were all with one accord in one place, and that one place was exactly where God told them to be. One time, I want y'all to hear this, I, I know it's a bit wobbling around a little, but I was way up in Tennessee one time trying to preach to a little church and us squandering around to try to stay alive. And this was on a Saturday morning. There's a few people there, and there's, there's two or three preachers come there to hear me preach. And I preached from these verses about an obedient church. And I read these verses. They, they've done exactly what God said. And those preachers come to me and hear what they said. They said, well, preacher, if you'd have preached that, if we'd have heard it about 40 years ago, it might have meant something. And what they're saying was, what you said can't be done. It's lost its effect. That's a big lie. That's a big lie. The church of God can obey God in any dispensation, in any week, any month, and in any year. But can you imagine those kind of leaders trying to lead a bunch of people that make that kind of remark? The same as saying, well, your message fell on the ground. May have, but it didn't have to. It didn't have to. It probably was dead orthodoxy. They have ventured out a little now and began to talk. The Spirit has come. And in Acts 2.46 it says, And they continued daily. They needed some prayers offered up for them. And in Acts uh, 24 it says, and they lifted up their voices to God with one accord. And in Acts 5.12 it says, And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Acts 5.12. Do you understand that? Oh, Brother Mike, please, for this church to be in one accord and shut your mouth up when you don't have nothing really to bellyate about. That you're not to gossip. That you're not to say evil things about each other. Listen, one accord falls in the street. It's serious. It is a serious matter. And we won't do that if we, if we continue in prayer. God, you know, we'll just pray all this together. God, continue our oneness. God, shut my mouth when I want to speak ill. God, bless me to look over my brothers for sister, for good, not for evil. But we can't pray that prayer and continue in it and turn right around and curse and bemean and shipwreck the house of God. It's been totally impossible. But if we just pray at one time, the devil has got us and going backward with us. I tell you, this one time praying is not worth a flip. That's a bit, that's plenty of time to put that. And I don't know what a flip's worth. It's pretty worthless. But this one time praying is not worth a flip. Now, it's better to pray for something that's on your heart. 
that you believe in the realm of God's will, and you keep knocking till God answered you, and it is to pay for everything in the world one time and forget it. My, my scripture don't really says continue in prayer. Now, I don't think that means um, pray about the just, just so you keep praying. God wants us to pray until he answers exactly according to his word. <clears throat> but I'm going to read a, a few things here that I jotted down. About this, a continuing prayer. No doubt, if we continue in prayer, that sooner or later we'll know that we've carried the gates of heaven through our mighty storming it with prayer. Don't you know that by your own experience? How much experiences do you have about God answering your prayers? We won't stop and let you tell them, and neither will I tell mine. This, this continuing praying is telling us not to be like the morning cloud or the early dew that stays there a little bit and vanishes away. He said, don't, don't, don't pray like that. You stand there with it. He said, be always crying unto the Lord our God. Brother Mark had read a scripture here. Um, to us in, in our prayer meeting on Sunday morning here. And the verse had to do it said that you don't let yourself rest and don't let God rest. I'm saying the same thing in this verse. Don't let yourself rest. You keep knocking and God said you'll receive. Now I'm trying to belittle like those kind of verses. But they, they're just exactly like God said. I'm not going to pester you men about coming to Sunday morning prayer service. I said it wasn't. Like I have by praying in your home, I've really pestered you about that. But I'm telling you one thing. I don't doubt your prayer life till you come. I don't know if that's pestering or what. This church needs a lot of praying. We need a lot of knocking on God's door. We need that. We need that to offer bad. I'd heard, I'm just throwing this in, the Linda watch get away from me, of course. But I'd heard that Brother Mickey wasn't praying with his wife. I'd heard that through good, clear channels. He wasn't reading scripture with his wife. They're just reading scripture to themselves and supposedly praying to themselves. Well, Sunday morning down in New Albany, I just said it out loud. I said, Brother Mickey, I understand you're not praying at your wife. And I don't expect you to start that tonight. And I don't expect your wife to pray back to you. And I said, uh, your little daughter that you're holding in your arms, Bethany, I don't want her to grow up and, and never see you pray. And then you carry to church every Sunday. Bethany will finally get to wondering what it's all about. We go to church. And all these other six days, I don't ever hear Daddy say nothing. And I said, you have to escape that by being obedient to God. Well, I didn't know if I made him mad or what. But after the service, I went around and, and put my arm around his shoulder. And I said, well, I hope it wasn't offensive to you, but I want to know if you're going to do it. He said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And his wife was standing there and said, would you pray back? He said, she said, yeah, I'll pray back. And he said, well, boys, I appreciate you telling me what's right. It'll never offend me. I tell you folks, it's still offending, pussyfooting about, won't get the job done. Man, that's all business for God wants to be led. Men that's not on business for God needs to be taught that and they'll sew up. Sometimes they don't get over it and sometimes they do. The word of God says that those that do know their God do exploit.
next time I see Brother Mickey, I'll ask him if he prayed and with his wife. If he said yes, then I'm going to ask him to obey this verse. I'm going to say, well, would you pray with her every night? Only when you're providentially injured? If he says yes to both those things, I would have gained a brother towards great victory. Folks, listen. I'm after your soul. I can't do nothing for your cancer and cold and pneumonia except pray. But God said that he may be the overseer of your soul. I'm after your soul. I want the good of your soul. I want you to know this God that I just read about that does exactly what he says he will do. And I'm telling you, you folks tonight, I don't try to think of a new bunch of stuff every night when I pray before Gertrude. I don't have to have some new prayer. I want God to answer something for me. So I just say the same thing over and over. That's what I want to say and keep before me what I'm talking about and wait for God to answer. Continuing in prayer. Don't be like the morning cloud of the early dew. Vanishes. Keep. Don't let God rest till he gives it to us. And don't try to weaken that down. You just take that and God said it. question make a few remarks then why should we continue I'm going to have some sort of things about that but number one is the reason we should continue is that God will answer us sooner or later if we pray in the framework of his will and the framework of his decrees God will answer us sooner or later just exactly like we're asking if it's in the framework of his will and his decrees but that's, that's one of the primary purposes. And we're to keep knocking on his door. Don't let him rest until he answers us. Listen to this statement. God will hear and answer prayers based on his promise and offered in faith. Every prayer that goes up to God based on his promise offered up in prayer, God will hear. You know, uh, one time these blind men come running up to Jesus. What? Jesus, he said, I know you have me to do well. We'd like to see we're blind. He said, according to your faith, so be it. Now, I'm not saying that every time that I pray to God uh, that he's going to do what I ask for, but I'm saying a prayer without faith is not worth a flip. A prayer in unbelief is not worth a flip. A prayer from a person that they do not expect God to answer one way or the other is total unbelief. And God never lets it in his door. So we could continue in prayer. Prayers, don't you listen to this? Prayers of God's church are God's intentions. When I pray in the realms of God's, of God's promise, prayer is offered up in faith, when my prayer is led with the Holy Spirit of God, I'm just praying God's intentions for me, that he'll answer what he gets ready. I'm telling you, when, and, then the, and the Bible promises the Holy Spirit to lift up his part in prayer and need him direct us, does he not? Well, I'm telling you what's going on, when this person knows what they're praying for, they know God has promised it. All they're doing is they're praying for God's intentions and they keep on until God gives it. 
Don't try to water that down. Just accept it as I'm studying. Continue in prayer. I know what we're thinking now. All this prayer we've done in unbelief and asking God for a lot of foolishness and uh, for so-and-so to get well and they didn't get well. Well, God don't promise everybody to get well. But if you're finding this word where God said so-and-so will get well, you can beg God and he'll get well. But other than that, you just have the privilege of beseeching God in the behalf of your friend. Now, God, if that's in your will, but I don't get off in that. But don't let the devil stagger you off and drag you off in the darkness. Continue in prayer. Don't you listen to this? Prayers inspired by the Holy Ghost is an exact copy of the book of the divine decrees of God. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit of God leading you off into something we have for that one decree of God? What a calamity that it being. Brother, the Holy Spirit leads us in prayer. He leads us right in to the promises and the decrees of God. And God will answer it too. The Holy Spirit never, will never lead me off into a wild, rambling bunch of stuff that God has never decreed anyway. Real prayers and well, I better not say that. I'm saying for the man. I think the other would have been too. Don't leave that to you again. This is one way to continue in prayer, something real, something we entered in, something that God wants us to have. <clears throat> something that the Holy Ghost has, has put on our minds and, and welded in our hearts and we're down there talking to God about it. <clears throat> Prayers inspired by the Holy Ghost is an exact copy of the book of the divine decrees of God. I believe that. Now this is something that we'll have to think about a little, but it's so. Our prayers do awake the slumbering decrees of God. Now the, 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 by that I do not mean that God's going to sleep or his decrees are behind schedule. They just decrees up there that God wants me to have. And they're laying there for my prayers to wake and beseech and ask God to give them to us. That's what I mean by that. I tell you, friends, the sovereignty of God misunderstood will rob every expression I made thus far. And that's what's the matter with some of those folks in Texas. They've gone to sleep on the, on the sovereignty of God, the decrees of God, the foreknowledge of God, the election of God. And so there they slid and slumber away, waiting on God just to throw it down and zap them. If God wants me to have it, I don't have to do nothing. Well, there's some things we don't have to do nothing. But there's some things that we'll only have by prayer. We're talking about now, why continue? Why keep knocking? Why keep asking? Mr. This is the last thing I've written in regard to why we should continue to pray. When God inspires us to pray, our prayers is as potent as the decrees of God. I wonder if you'd accept that. Can you imagine? God inspired me to pray and my prayer be less potent as the decrees that he decreed for me to pray for? Oh, no wonder God says, I pray without ceasing. Keep talking to me. Don't let me rest. There's three, three, three things in this, in this prayer 
uh, three things, three exhortations. He says, he says to continue, and he says to watch, and then he says to give thanks. I've tried to do that, but I'll just make two or three statements about watching. Uh, if we're not watchful, we'll do exactly what Brother Robert is afraid of. We will grow drowsy in our prayer life. And then you ask the husband, are you still, are you still praying with your wife? No. We prayed a little while and just kind of drifted away. God don't like that. You just might as well never begin. I think I'm safe in saying that. God is looking for some people with faith. God's looking for some people that want to obey Him. God wants some people that believe it's worthwhile to continue in prayer. That's what God wants. And I believe there's some people in this church of that caliber. And that's one reason this church has been supremely blessed of Israel's God. Any church that that really gets, gets into prayer business will be severely attacked by hell itself. That's another reason to watch. That we don't let the enemy overcome, talk us out of it, or deceive us, or come in and shipwreck. He will attack. As we pray, one reason for watching is that we're to watch and be alert when God answers, begins to do something that looks like He's answering our prayer. That's one reason God, God probably has answered some of our prayer that we didn't forgot that we asked for, we asked for so many, but we never did know He really answered it. Now that's not too good, is it? And then we need to watch and know exactly when God has said why He has. Here it is. Here's what I decreed to give you. Here's what my grace had in store for you. I hear by your faith you have asked me, and I have given it to you. Nothing we've done. God has done it all, and when it comes, it's an act of his marvelous grace. Now that I want to talk to you in my final remarks, what's heavy upon my heart, has been for a long time. I've asked you to pray for it. But I'll never receive this one accord response. So I kind of feel like a loner to some degree. The first thing I'm going to ask you to pray for, I continue to pray for day and night when you're praying, is to ask God to give us a teacher in this school whether it be a man or a woman, I, I'm not going to pinpoint God that close. But I want God to give us a teacher in this school. I want the teacher and the money to come together. And that comes for the Mike. I want it to be a teacher of a caliber where Brother Mike will be released from the responsibilities, at least the main responsibilities of that school. I want God to give that. I have some kind of peace in my heart that that's in the decrees of God. I feel at peace with myself about that. I want God to do that. And I'm going to keep asking God, I want you to. I want to do it in one accord till God sends that qualified teacher that can step in his shoes somewhat and relieve him of his responsibilities. I, didn't, I, I do want to thank God for our teachers, Brother Mike and Sister Lee. I didn't do that while ago. I, I bless the God of heaven for their efforts that they put forth in teaching our children. But I want a teacher to come. I, I don't know who it would be. I don't know whether it would be someone who would cost a lot of money or not much money, but I'm on God. I want us to, to talk to God, to continue to pray to God until that comes to pass. Now, to me, it seems to be working on shaky ground, so to speak, 
uh, from the human perspective when the school depends upon one man. And Brother Mike goes away, the school shuts down. And Brother Mike starts home and breaks down, the school delays another day. I'm asking God to give us another teacher. Or if that teacher gets sick, Brother Mike can be here, vice versa. I'm, I'm, see, if, after a few leave here tonight, I, I'm not speaking to everybody not to say anything back tonight. But if I do not hear from you sooner or later, I'll never believe that this church wants that. I'll never believe that we want a card, and I'll never believe that you listen very good tonight. And I believe that just because that Mike Streep is a good teacher, at least some of you are just willing to let him stay there until he dies. I'm not willing for that. I'd love for one accord to go up to God and say, God, we beg you to give us a teacher of such a caliber that can replace Brother Mike of his major responsibilities. And we ask you, God, to let the teacher and the money jail together on and on until God gives it. See, I'm not asking you for no money. I'm asking you to raise up to this verse. Continue in prayer. Don't let ourselves rest and don't let God rest until he answers. Now, you remember Remember here right recently, I talked to you about Brother Virgil Lowlands, a powerful preacher. He died here recently, and he wanted to be evangelist. But because he could preach so good, the primitive Baptist just just said, no, you be pastor. We, we got to have you to pastor for us. Pastor, 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 because he could preach good. Well, I'm not willing, I'll tell you again, I'm not willing to let Mike Strebel spend the rest of his life in that schoolroom just because he can do it good when God has called him to some more noble work. Now I'm asking you to join with me in one accord to beseech God that he do something about that for us. When he does, we'll thank him for his grace. Now, I want you all to hear me say the rest of this. I have the most peaceful feeling that Elder Mike Shriver will be one, if not the most, the one of the greatest preachers in his generation. I don't have any doubt about that whatsoever. He used to tell me that he wanted to write, and I doubted that, if he write or whether he was capable. But he showed me he could write. He showed me he's totally capable of writing and did have a hunger to do so. Don Mike Shrevel has proved to me that, that he stands ready to answer in any paper this corruptible world that's fastly drifting towards sin. And Brother Mike Shrevel needs to put an article in the Sentinel any time he feels that he needs to refute error. In the Tipoli Journal, some of that can be done free. Oh, I, I think Mike Shrevel, Brother Mike Shrevel, I should be set totally free by this church when God gives a teacher to us. I would, I would love to see him go back to Texas, whether he wants to or not, and see about the faith of those brethren, just like Moses did. You see, he looks for the easy thing. But these people in the Bible said, we'll do it if you beat us to death. We'll do it if you take our life. We'll ride back a jolly note while we're in prison. That's the kind of preacher that I pray for him. This pussy floating around is running far, far behind schedule. And we got to have some prayers that bothers God till he comes forth and answers them. You just keep coming to my house, Brother Robert. Don't give up. You don't know if it's back after Paul made that tiresome journey and come back and give his report to the city there at Antioch. Then he's 
the state's been abandoned and come blessed in his spirit, he said, let us go again and see how our brethren do. Now, if he hadn't got that kind of love, he won't be much punking. But I believe he's got that kind of love. I believe he'll go back to Texas if they ask for him. He needs to be around some people that looks at him with a hard face, that frowns, and quit speaking to him. It won't kill you. I've long so died. I've been buried several years ago. He needs that. He needs that. He must have that. But he'll never have it until our prayers touch God enough to give a teacher for this church to release him and pray that God would bless him to be the greatest preacher there is in this generation. Now, if you don't say nothing, I don't know probably that that'll never come to pass. And we'll sit around here and let it just teach year after year. And then in pastor here and everything goes hunky-dory. God let us do that. But I've read you verses tonight and there's others and said, don't you let me rest. You continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So what I want you to do, if you could be disposed to do so, pray that God will give a teacher qualified to replace him of his major responsibilities and the money come along with it. Uh, my, my belief is, my belief is, if God can blow quail in about a foot and a half from the ground until wherever is a light, that means it can just catch them and put them in a tub, several gallons. I believe he's going to do this other. And I'd be disappointed you tonight for the sad expression that's on your face and the doubt that I detect in your soul. Think as I've said more the Bible would say. Unless you believe what I've said tonight, I know exactly what you're going to do. Just what you say now. I'll tell you, Brother Mike's a good teacher, isn't he? Yeah. All the children like him, generally. We hope he lives long. That's just like telling Virgil Long Ranch, you're such a good preacher, you can't evangelize. But you know what Virgil told me? He said, I feel just like a preacher in a big cousin vine tangled up and there I'll fall and there I'll die. He said, God has shown me that. He told me that in my house. Well, now people don't believe that's a misunderstood the sovereignty of God to go away from you tonight saying, well, if God wants to die, he's able to do it. Well, that's right. But I don't suspect God will do it if we don't pray. I ask you to, I just ask you to meditate on that. I ask you not to sell the hand of God short. I ask not to quote in the Bible that I will replace Mike Strable. But I have the most calm peace and satisfaction even a tingling in my body that that'll come to pass if we knock on God's door. Would you not love to see it? Would you not love to see the elect of God converted by the thousands by Elder Mike Strebel? If God blessed Charles Spurgeon long ago to take London by storm, God has pleaded to bless Mike Strebel to take this Mississippi and beyond by storm. But if we're so afraid and our prayers is so weak and we've already give up, he'll probably end up like Virgil Warrants, tangled up in the cuds of vine, so to speak, and there to fall because we didn't want him to leave. I don't believe either. But I don't care to see him go to the hill on the weekend and come back and temper his spirit. Let us pray. Oh, 
Heavenly Father, you said you stand for you as a great God. And you asked you ask Moses, Moses, is my hand shortened and I can't bring no meat? He said it, he, he said it in Isaiah today. He says, My arm short that I cannot say, and my ear heavy that I cannot hear. God, I asked you to bless such a sinner to know what he did, to play on the influence of the Holy Spirit of God, to pray in the realm of your eternal decrees, and to call upon you for great things and expect an answer. I beg you, Lord, not to let us be tangled up by traditional praying. Pray lift up right because it hadn't come to pass. Just cast it aside. Bless us, God, not to pray these one-time prayers. That's okay, but most of them will be worthless. Put some on our minds, Lord, of eternal, of eternal consequences. Like releasing Mark Strevel to really get with it. God, would you bless him to be the greatest preacher in his generation? Would you bless him to convert thousands of elect of God? Would you bless this church run over with genuine saved people out of his preaching as you would bless it? God, would you bless him to stand firm and refute evil? God, would you bless him not despair? when people looked at him with iron faces and faces as flint. God, God, I believe that you have this for him. My prayer goes up for it, and may I beseech you, God, as long as I live, as I see that develop in this noble man's life. God, would you give this church one accord in these thoughts, or will our prayers and our faith be so little and significant that we're just normal and say, God, we wish you would. God, help us to bother you until you have answered. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if anybody here tonight that's troubled over your sins and you've never made a public confession, if someone knows that you're holding back on God, now, when we don't see you, we're supposed to sing a song when people move. That's just a, that's just a tradition. That's all I did. I bet right now you're saying, hurry up, hurry up, get through that. No wonder God don't give many people to our church or no other church for such little thoughts. But I'm saying for you tonight, for you tonight, and, and God has troubled you with your sins. I don't care what age you are. And you know you've not done right by God. You know you're traveling around with God. You know your conscience is not right before God. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to fix and dismiss you, and I'm going to ask you to ask God, just ask God right now. I don't care who you are, how young or how old. I'm going to ask you to come down up here and say something to me. Don't run out the door. I challenge you to that tonight. Don't trifle with God. Don't trifle with your sin. Don't get out there and play with hell and think later on you'll straighten things out. You come up here tonight and if you'll come up here and just say, I want to be led along, then, then, then that means that we'll, we'll, we'll come. Uh, we'll read you this covenant. We'll read you the article of faith. We'll pray with you. And we'll talk with you until the time comes that you say, I long to be baptized. But don't trifle with hell. Don't trifle with hell. Don't tell this great God that I talked about, take it and go with it. I beg you not to do it. I beg you not to do it. If you think that you said no to God and he's laughed about it and well pleased, you're lying to yourself. Now if your sins are bothering you and you think that you're all right with God by disobeying him, I have to leave that up to you. 
But I challenge you to mind. Just come on up here where I'm at. And so I'd like to, to venture off into what you're talking about. We're going to sing a song now and sing, and, and uh, sing, praise God from whom God blessings all. And you, and you don't come in after that we'll be dismissed. You come out up here and say, I'd like to just walk along with God. Understand and sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.